Off the ball. There seems to be more sympathy for Argentina and support for Argentina. And a lot of that has to do with love for Messi's last dance. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Football on Off The Ball With Sky Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, Scottish Premiership and much more Live on Sky Sports And you're welcome back to Off The Ball Saturday here on News Talk John Duggan with you through until 8 on this extended show this evening Because we have commentary later of uh, Ulster against La Rochelle The match being played at the Aviva Stadium We have the game for you But this right now is Football Saturday until 5 Remember, Football on Off The Ball brought to you by Sky Get more of the sports you love uh, on Sports Extra with BT Sports and Premier Sports. Aberdeen nil, Celtic won, by the way. Callum McGregor scoring three minutes from time as the boys went nine points clear at the top of the Premiership. And Croatia and Morocco have just kicked off the third, fourth place playoff at the World Cup ahead of tomorrow's final between France and Argentina. We're joined on the line by the former Republic of Ireland international and Liverpool legend Mark Lawrenson. Dan McDonnell of the Irish Independent will be with us shortly as well from Qatar. And in studio is the broadcaster and journalist Johnny Ward. You can text us 53106. Get in the co- involved in the conversation, folks, at a cost of 30 cents. So does Lionel Messi, folks, deserve to finally win this World Cup tomorrow for everything he's done in the game, Argentina star? Are there people out there across the country who want France to win? Gianni Infantino, the FIFA president, has called it the best World Cup ever. Is he right? What was your favourite moment of the tournament? Is this the greatest event in world sport this final tomorrow? And can we as a Republic of Ireland uh, followers uh, learn from the likes of Morocco and Croatia? Why can't uh, we do it if they can? So you can text us on 53106. Johnny, the final, I think, is the biggest event in the world when it comes to sport. Unquestionably, you might talk about the 100 metres final, but this to me is it. This is it, and um, I, I think it's maybe something we won't, we we wouldn't have countered in at the start of the tournament. It'll probably feel like a home game for Argentina. Their support That's is a good just, point. It's got like their support is massive over there, and uh, you know the there have been articles written about the support of um, the likes of Morocco, and I think Kevin Kilban was writing about the fact I don't know how they can whistle for so long, and like the noise in the semi final even on TV was incredible, and you know we will talk about Infantino and the lurking kind of. Um, you know the thing you can't get away from in terms of you're trying to sport might be escapism but the escapism of this World Cup has actually brought home why we shouldn't be escaping from stuff but if you do get to the football element of it and the joy that the Moroccan fans took from their their team being the first African team and, and Morocco being you know an, an Arab country in effect in an Arab in an Arab World Cup was special but in terms of the World Cup final tomorrow JD it'll feel like a home game for Argentina and um it feels like it is the ghost of Diego Maradona that they're trying to um, finally get away from that the first World Cup since he died and I I'm never kind of I'm never surprised by the fact that sport just makes a fool of you in that the Argentina team from now compared to the start of the tournament is unrecognisable but they come up against a French team that's is is very very um, it's beautifully poised isn't it yeah it's, it's very hard to call there was there was one bookmaker that has gone two to one Argentina, two to one the draw, and two to one France. So that's a one hundred percent book, and that never ever happens. So the, that bookmaker is basically saying all three, all of they these. They want results, new customers. Those bookies. They want new customers, and 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 basically they're joint favourites, and the draw is a massive runner. Um, and the, the the I suppose the cloud over it now is 
the sickness in the French camp and how bad that is. Because, yeah, there's a virus. Uba yeah. Meccano, Rabiot, Varane, uh, all affected apparently. And if you if you look at the players that France are without going into the tournament, principally uh, Pogba, who hasn't really seemed to be missed at all. And, um, you know, you look at the fact that they've had all these issues in the tournament. They've had to, Deschamps had to rejig his back line. Um, it was, I think it was Kieran Cunningham was writing the star during the week and I'd completely forgotten about this. Do you remember when um, Ireland were looking for, was it Stan's replacement and Deschamps was favoured for a long time in the betting. We could have had Deschamps and he, I think he actually was a runner to get the job. He could have been the Ireland manager. Longest serving manager at the World Cup. Uh, longest serving French manager I think ever with, with 10 years now and we'll possibly see him in March. But he has this French team and I think JD... Um, Gavardial has just scored for Croatia sorry to interrupt Johnny Josko Gavardial uh, the defender the 20 year old 1-0 against Morocco this is the man who got skinned alive by Lionel Messi he was made an absolute fool by Messi and and he's had a brilliant tournament and he's got his just reward and he's he's only what 22 or 3 as well 20 so he's like he's a big future ahead of him I call him him the iron man in the mask as opposed to the man in the iron mask I kind of I do do wonder like Morocco are they kind of a little bit beaten and their their FA has been on to um, the authorities about the referee in the France game because I think they were a little bit hard diving header 1-0 Great goal, but um, we've a hell of a final. Um, I, I, I do wonder. Lauro has seen a lot of World Cup finals, a lot more than me, and I do wonder how this ranks in terms of. They, they can be disappointing as well. You can think like Argentina, Argentina West, West Germany. Germany. Oh, yeah. They can be disappointing. Um, I don't think this one can be because France have so much in their artillery in terms of counter attack. Can't be force. because we're all going to be looking at Messi for the whole thing. We're all going to be looking at Messi, and you know, if you go back even to the. The, the, after the Mexico game and he scored in that game JD um, th- there was talk about he can Me- Messi can only do so much nowadays and everyone was sort of saying he's not the player he was but he can still look at him now I mean that performance is the semi-final um, and he's been an inspiration to us all and can't wait for it Well we've had um, a Grinch already in touch in 53106 uh, greatest game of all time a joke diving, cheating fake injuries on a grand scale look it's Christmas in what 8 days well, actually, this has been a World Cup in that. That hasn't been a factor at all in that. It's, it's been a bit of a throwback to you kind of get away with more stuff than you should. And I think that's been refreshing. And, um, you know, Mbappe was getting a bit of a kick in from the Moroccans in the second half. And he just got up. He didn't get free kicks. And, you know, all fair in love and war. I, I don't think it's been that World Cup at all. Laro, you've been to World Cup finals at, uh, I think, in Berlin in... Um, uh, was it Johannesburg? Oh, equaliser! Sorry, we'll interrupt. One all, Morocco have equalised and what a fantastic story this Imagine is. Imagine the noise. What a story this is. We'll, we'll get to that in a moment. Laro, yes, you've been, I think it was at Berlin, uh, Johannesburg and Rio. What World Cup finals before? Uh, I've been to six. Whatever wow. the others were. Um, yeah. So, um, and normally in the cup final, in the actual final itself, John, the, the atmosphere isn't that good because you've got loads of freeloaders with tickets. Corporates, the Prawns um, Amateur Brigade. Ashaf Dari is equalised, one all. All right, cool. And uh, and zillions of them there. But uh, you're absolutely right in terms of the, there were so many Argentinian fans in the stadium tomorrow. It will feel like a, like a home game. More often than not, though, you go to these games and, and they disappoint because obviously there is so much to lose. And I think that's the problem is it, it's the so much to lose bit, actually, which stops it being a great game. I hope it's completely different tomorrow. I'd love Argentina and Messi to win it. Um, but do we have fairy tales anymore? I'm, I'm not quite sure. I mean, the French have done remarkably well when you look at the players that, that were injured and, and haven't even made it. But I just think, I think your man upstairs might just look at Lionel Messi and say, go on then, you might, this might be your kind of last day in the sun as it was. 
I, I remember the um, before the famous Zidane Matarazzi. I think France beat Portugal in the semi final. That's they did. Yeah, oh six. Um, oh six. I'd actually back France to win the tournament and at the start of the tournament they were really struggling under Dominic but they got it together but I watched the semi-final in France with um, in the south of France and kind of watched it on outdoor screens and the French were kind of indifferent to it they were kind of in, I think the French are quite quite. I, I love the French but football isn't really uh, it's not really the passion in France that it is compared to uh, Argentina where it literally is like it's a national um, obsession and in France they beat Portugal 1-0 but the French were indifferent throughout the game but then when, when they won the game they were like sur la rue sur la rue everyone out on the street but I was like you weren't really that interested when the game was on there was an insight into French the French take their football nowhere near as seriously as the Argentines and if if you look at the economy, I take their rugby more seriously. I wonder. I think mm. it's. I think they just have more going on. And in Argentina, they've really, really struggling economy at the moment. I don't know how uh, these fans have been able to afford to get to Qatar. They they have difficulties they must have at home. Unions. They have. Yeah. They must. It must. Be, but it must be. You know. It must be um, very expensive for the average Argentinian. And can you imagine being in Buenos Aires tomorrow? Like just I think Alan Sheehan is. Yeah, that wouldn't put it past him. Um, ah, not yeah. put it past him. Yeah, I just imagine, and I think what this means it, it's it's 1986 is a long time for a country of what what Argentina has brought to the world, and uh, I, I want them to win. I have to say, Messi Laro seems to be enjoying this World Cup. Yeah, um, well, probably John because uh, a he's got better as the games have gone on and looks a little bit fitter and sharper, more aware, and 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 b the rest of the team have. As well, I mean, he's just, he's unbelievable at just finding that little, it's probably not, I was going to say half a yard, it's not that, it's it's a foot. I mean, he's got such a fabulous first touch as well. He just kills the ball and he, it, the, the way the way he manoeuvres his body, we saw it with the, you know, the Croatian guy who's obviously just scored today for for Croatia when, when he did him on the line. I've never seen anything like that in my life. It was, it was unbelievable. And he just needs this little, just a little bit of space, and he, he's gone for you. He's either um, he's passed it by you or he's beaten you, um, and he's just been amazing. I mean, the first game that I saw him, I, I said to myself, "In fact, I was with a mate, and I said he's, he's gone. There's no chance he's going to do anything in this World Cup, and he's just got better and better." And in fairness, as well, I mean, the, the French are they've they've got better, haven't they? I don't think there's any doubt about that whatsoever. But I would just I would just love Messi to win it tomorrow um, and I just think that would basically for me certainly make him the, the best player that I've ever ever seen 53106 uh, the most disappointing World Cup ever was 1966 the whole world is disappointed still to be hearing about it says uh, Tom Donegal <laughs> uh, yeah so that's one of our texters you can get in touch uh, on 53106 about the World Cup final tomorrow how you're feeling about it uh, you must have seen Messi live though Laro years ago how has he changed as a player what's changed is, just, is it like a pace thing yeah it is a pace thing. <clears throat> his awareness is, is staggering. His, uh, his, his space awareness is also staggering as well. But it just just where players are, where they want... He, he gives you the ball where you want it, not where he wants to pass it. And I think that's that's the thing with him. And, you know, it's just, as I say, this, the, the first touch that he has. And you know what? I mean, I can't remember what game it was where he, he played the guy in and scored. It was like it, it was a reverse pass on the edge of the penalty area. And if you slowed that down and just watched him when he received the ball, he never looked. I think it's Molina for the oh, Dutch, the Dutch game. Was that it? was, yeah. that was oh. one of the passes of the, pass of the tournament, arguably. Oh, unbelievable. When assists actually never, matter. Yeah. yeah, he just knew. 
it, it just knew. I mean, you, you can't you can't coach that. It's obviously inborn. But and I like the way he handles himself as well. And I just I just think with the Argentinians defensively, they they love a tackle. They, they like to hurt you if if they possibly can get away with it. And I think that might be a little bit of a problem for the French tomorrow. And um, they all they're all happy to take a booking. It's not. It's just the way they play. It's like yeah, I'm getting booked. So what? Um, and they still continue tackling. It, it, it's it's going to be a fascinating game. It really serious is. And I think I'm hoping this is a good thing that the Polish refs in charge, isn't he? Yes. And I would I would like to. Say, I mean, you know, the referees have let a lot of things go, which has been really really good. And I think you know the times added on as well has always been good. Um, but I just think certainly that the South American referees have been extremely ordinary at best. And so I'm glad there's a European referee and we might we might get a proper game. And I think players now realise that they can't throw, well, they can throw themselves on the floor, but more often than not, they won't get a free kick. And it's uh, it's been good for the game. And I just that hope, I just hope that goes across to everybody, including obviously, you know, we're back in the leagues, etc. And that referees are a little bit more lenient, which yeah, will be good. Yeah. Well, there were 17 cards in the game that got out of hand, the Dutch-Argentina game in the quarterfinals. Oh, he was hopeless. He gave himself a yellow, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, Johnny, is there such a thing as deserve in life and in sports? Does Messi deserve to win a World Cup for everything he's done in the game? Yeah, but, like, like, Messi is incredibly fortunate to have the talent that he has. So I think, like, if Messi doesn't win the World Cup, he's he's an absolute... We, we can't be crying for multi, multi. No, he's a multi, <laughs> multi, multi-millionaire. He's won everything under the sun as a club player. And I'm like, I, I'm not going to cry for Messi, who's obviously, you know... Um, the greatest player I think I've ever seen. I, I think I think in terms of his talent, what he's brought to the game and the sheer beauty of the way he plays, yes, he does deserve to win a World Cup, but life isn't about that and he comes up against a French team, JD, that know how to win. Um, and, mm. uh, you know, how will... How will Argentina take this if they lose this? Because this is Messi's badly, last. Badly, badly. Because you think if you take Messi out of the equation, he'd be thirty nine. But if you take him out of the equation, they're they're a quarterfinal team at best. Yeah, but but Morocco, like with a bit of luck, could have gotten. It's been a bit of a strange World Cup. But, but you if you're well organized, world, like yeah. Turkey and South Korea twenty years ago, Brazil close. were a better team than Argentina, one hundred percent. Like, uh, and I don't talk about Brazil. They, you know, Brazil. I don't know how they screwed it up, but you know, things happen. Argentina, when they got over the Dutch situation, um, who could have made it up? There was an element of gubu. Or around the concession of the two goals to a fellow who's on loan in Turkey from Burnley and the fact that they overcame that to win on penalties and held their nerve for me was very very I think mentally they got a massive lift from that but I don't see any flaws in this French team really I think I think Deschamps is an outstanding manager he seems to know his players really well and the cloud is going to be who's fit and how much of this bug is it's not the first final where they've been like I think, think I, th- we're... I think the flaws in the French team are culturally I don't know if Benzema coming back when he did was great mm. and he's gone now again and the scene was roused the last time when they went out to the Swiss and the Euros. But the flaw, as you said, is the people that are out. Yeah. Having to continually compensate. And like, as well as Shumeni and Rabiot are doing, or uh, say, Konate, uh, you know, it was fantastic. Was. It's difficult to just jet everything together. Griezmann when, as well, JD. Well, Griezmann has been, been the best player of the tournament. Really, really grown yeah. as it's gone on Everywhere, as well. And, like Roy Keane. Um, uh, you know, uh, I, do, I do think maybe for Mbappe as well, and you, you think of the PSG um, kind of linked to the final, um, I do wonder how, how much these players are motivated sometimes at club level. And I think Mbappe looks like he's really, really just wants this. He wants this for France. Um, there's a lovely story of Dembele 
day making like a ginger and honey tea for Robbie on a couple of the lads who had like their sickness and he said everything is fine they seem a really together group BBC did a lovely feature on Zidane, on um, Deschamps um, for one of the games early in the tournament and he's a really really impressive guy and be interested for him, JD. Does he decide that ten years is enough? Or uh, if you if you win tomorrow, you, you just drop in the mic and you're and you're going to the, the desert island. Yeah, and Zidane has obviously been. You know, yeah. imagine Zidane taking over from Deschamps, two totally different going players. To America. I think America is yeah. going to be a big thing for a lot of prospective managers. That's mm. why I could see the likes of Mourinho taking over Portugal because the the lure of an American World Cup. Yeah, it'll be an amazing World Cup. Um, but Deschamps, I think, will go down as one of the one of the, one of the truly great sports people it's in funny. France. What he's doing. Um, I'm not. I'm trying to um, tell everybody I'm a great fella here, but I was in the tunnel after the last. World Cup final and uh, we were all waiting for the players to walk past and we could look into the press conference room where Deschamps was doing the press conference he starts the press conference and all the players then just ran in and just doused them all in water mm. so it was it's just a lovely thing to see because it, it was and they all started going Did it? and they all started then standing on, on the tables and dancing and when you think that, John the, yeah. that was that was a thing of course that um, What's his name? Cantona said about him. Wasn't the water it? carrier. Water carrier. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a complexity about that, though, Laura. That I, I apparently Cantona didn't necessarily mean that as a an offensive thing. He meant that he was the player who um, he kept the whole thing taken over in an incredibly talented French side. And Deschamps, like yeah. you got to remember, Diego Simeone was a fairly ordinary player in the context of the Argentina teams of his era. But he was always playing, and the two of them have made unbelievable managers. Well, you know, so you know, so you know when uh, France won the World Cup in France, obviously. Yeah, what was the you. name of the manager? Um, uh, Ami Jacquet. Jacquet. Right. Yeah. So at, at half time, um, and I, I think you can get this on 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 video, etc. At half time, basically, the manager had his say, and then Deschamps got up, didn't he? Deschamps got up on behalf of everybody and spoke for like almost ten minutes. To the to the team, and apparently, if you watch it, it's like it's a, hairs on the back of your neck. Time, it's it's that good, and I think yeah, obviously the stressing thing was that the stress was that you know we're in the lead, let's not give it away, and you know you've worked all your lives for this and all those kind of things. But it's 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 absolutely brilliant. It really is. France is a complex country as well, Judy. As you know, mm. a lot of the. Um countries that it has colonised have like sent people over for a better life in France there's a lot of tension in a lot of the areas in terms of you know the immigrant community a lot of the Arab world over there and Deschamps has managed to put all these complex characters together to really want to play for him and France and when you have Macron basically saying you know which is almost like an Irish thing where the president is like no no Didier has to stay on as a as a you know he has to stay on as manager after being the president getting involved it shows what he's doing 53106. I'm nearly sure Deschamps is finished after this World Cup regardless. Can't believe he possibly could have managed Ireland. Great show as always, says Joe in Ashtown. Thank you, Joe. An OGA rugby in Croatia, lads. Population of Morocco over 30 million. Also have their ducks in a row regarding administration by all accounts. We're asking why can't it be us again if Croatia and Morocco are battling in a third, fourth place playoff for the World Cup? Yeah, go on, Laro. Just to say, when you were talking about Messi, that I was told a story. It was it was actually from Lineker who, who, who'd heard the same kind of thing that when Messi was 16, and uh, there was a training game at, uh, at the training ground um, at Barcelona. And he was just, you know, he's like with the stiffs and the reserves, as it were. And um, it was one of those games where there's a little bit of tackling getting involved because one or two of the guys are in the reserves thought they should have been the first team. And it was getting a bit kind of meaty and tasty. And anyway, the ball came through to the reserve goalkeeper and he just launched it. And apparently the, the story was that it literally was like miles up in the sky and and it, as it came down, little, little Messi just little Messi just literally it made sure it just landed on his foot. It didn't bounce, 
or anything. It landed on his foot. He did a little bit of a shimmy and passed somebody in. And whoever was coaching stopped stopped the game right? and everybody just started clapping and they were saying they, they knew then what a superstar this fella was going to be. It's lovely when you have a moment like that where you're just like, and it's a 16-year-old who's un, unheralded yeah. and you're like, oh, I have seen something and this is going to stand yeah. the test of time. And there are a lot of players who don't make it that can do that as well. And, you know, the choices in life and Messi went to Spain at a young age. Um I was doing a, I was doing a cycle with the lad during the year, and he was he played with Stephen Bradley underage. Stephen Bradley was the most heralded player of his time, and the exact same story. They were playing Northern Ireland, and Bradley took the ball down from out of the sky, and the whole place just went silent. And um, you know, it's it's it doesn't work out for most of these prodigies, but uh, I think that the comparisons with Maradona, JD, are you know how can anyone say who was better as well? Because if you look back on Maradona videos, the kicking and the abuse that he got, mm-hmm. pitches. You know, I pitches. think there are also very, very different types of players. Uh, like Maradona ran games. He was he, like he he was a guy I who was Messi took, though. But I, I, I don't know. I, I, Messi finishes games in my mind. Messi finishes teams. Think, he finishes I moments. Hard. I think Messi, Messi could be whatever you want him to be. Yeah, I, 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 like he's evolved as a player because he slowed down. But the whole game revolves around him as the fulcrum of what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I, I just felt. Well, in, 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 in yeah, sorry. In 1990, didn't didn't um, Maradona get them to the final? Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just like, if you look at Maradona, the way he he just like it was box to box, it was everywhere. It was tackles, it was going in, it was flicks. It was far just, more powerful. Was, individual. I would call it like a drive that Maradona has. That Messi, I don't mean in a drive in terms of the intention. I just feel that Messi's more. You don't see him, and then he has the ball and that's in the net. Mm, mm. Yeah, and that's mind an awareness you, and space you. thing. Maradona was surrounded by thugs, one in that in that Argentinian team. Well, I mean, I'm sure you mean that in the football sense. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, 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 um, so, uh, whereas Messi, obviously, his dribbling ability is one thing as well that you know you can't mm. um, as Croatian early score there. Uh, but it, it's also a fact that Messi's diminutive nature it could well be a help to how good he is in the sense of if you can control the ball and if I'm ever uh, if I ever coach a team of kids and I I probably won't but I will say to them the first thing is just get your touch right if you can kill a ball everything else will follow and Messi's a centre of gravity where can you imagine like a somebody six foot three being able to do what he does I really can't so it's if you are a small kid and people like Wes Hoolan was and Roy Keane probably was to an extent written off because they're small don't let that bother you and I think Messi has inspired so many people in that regard yeah Mbappe yeah. then Laro, um, he's very, very carefree on the surface, but obviously he's working incredibly hard. Given you know you can't be that good and that fast and that skillful without working very hard. Oh crikey, uh, uh, absolutely! And you know when when you really look at it, it's his, his chances of being outstanding in the game are, are a lot less than Messi, just because of the way of where he plays. John, I mean Messi's in the centre of the pitch all the time. You know he's central, and he, you know the two touch lines are equidistant. He's got he's got a line next to him, Mbappe. So he knows if his touch isn't quite right, it's either a throw in or or whatever it may be. So from that point of view, I tell you what was really interested with him was in his last game when they played him through the middle in the yeah they had to in the way yeah yeah against Morocco about twenty minutes and they had to my oh my did he look a player then where 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 all of a sudden then you've got you've gone from this kind of um, not great or not very much space with a line alongside you to all of a sudden to be able to look up and do all, all kinds of different things. I mean, I don't think they will do this tomorrow, but um, I'd love to see him play play through the middle for them because that, that would be frightening if you're playing against him central defenders-wise because you can, you can just, as, as Mbappe, could just go wherever he wants. 
Well, you'd wonder and, if, you know, if maybe later in his career, he's only 24 next week, that that'll be his future, you know? Yeah, well, who's to say? Like but I, I mean, he's, he's, he's some player, but I think, I don't know whether it was you or Johnny said, but I think he's, he's, he's earmarked this competition and gone, this is, this is my time. Um, and hopefully we might see that tomorrow. And if we do, obviously it makes it even better. Yeah, we got to take a break here. 53106, we want to get in touch on Football Saturday with Mark Lawrence on the line. Dan McDonald will be joining us shortly uh, from Qatar, where he's been for the last month to give us uh, his uh, impression of what he's seen over there. And Johnny Ward is in the studio on Football Saturday. Just going to go through the fact that we got uh, football back in the UK in the English Championship. Obviously, Irish players involved. West Brom won Rotherham nil is the only goal in the three o'clock games. The other matches are Bristol City Stoke, Burnley Middlesbrough, Cardiff Blackpool, Coventry Swansea, Huddersfield Watford, Hull Sunderland and Preston QPR. Norwich and Blackburn kick off at half five. So I can't get my head around this, to be honest. Uh, Celtic uh, beat Aberdeen 1 nil. Callum McGregor three minutes from the end. So Celtic now nine points clear. Hearts won Kilmarnock nil is the latest. And Ross County won St Johnston nil and postponed matches because of the weather. Livingston, Dundee United and Motherwell, St Mirren. Croatia won, Morocco won in the World Cup third, fourth place playoff. This is Off the Ball Saturday on News Talk and we are back after this. And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through until eight on this extended show this evening because we got live commentary later of Ulster against La Rochelle. The match now being played in Dublin at the Aviva Stadium. This, though, at the moment is Football Saturday. Remember, football and Off the Ball brought to you by Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports. On the line, Mark Lawrence and in studio, Johnny Ward. Johnny, we're watching Croatia, this Morocco, is, one all at the moment. It's hilarious stuff. It's 33 minutes in and. I think Morocco had some reason to be a little bit annoyed at the referee in the France game, but what happened here was one of the Moroccan players went into the box, he was tackled, and then he sort of kicked it out of play. But they swarmed around the referee, like effectively kind of manhandling him in a very, like, God, that would have been a three or four straight yellows like a few weeks ago, no problem at all. But um, the referee has just said, no, no, lads, chill out here, but they want to win this third-place playoff. I think they want to be that African team to finish third in the World Cup, and uh, the passion is unbelievable, and... Um, I have to say I'm going to miss the the image of the, the coach and the, the bond that he has with the players mm-hmm. as well, the, the crosses that ZH has put in and just how much passion they brought to this tournament and what it might mean for football in Africa. Yeah, Laro should have a massive legacy. If we're playing uh, boys and green stuff 32 years on, I mean, it'll have a big impact in Morocco. Laro? Oh, sorry, I didn't, I missed, um, yeah, absolutely, uh, m- m- most definitely. I was just going when when Johnny was on about that, I'm just thinking. I bet I bet they're on a massive bonus to finish third far more than if you want. <laughs> ah, Laurel, like, that's, that's the first thing that came into your mind, Laurel. But you well, saw. I, I don't know if you saw Laurel. Like there were clips in in the Palestinian territories as well of the massive celebrations that an Arab team could do this, and this is an awful lot more than Morocco. And you know the oh, Arab yeah. world is has been wronged against in so many ways, so many problems in terms of the regimes and poverty and so on and so forth. And this is, I think this has been a real bright spark in the in the Arab world it, in general. It, it, yeah, it's, it's one of these legacies that's uh, almost accidental. Yeah, and like yeah. imagine if they were to, to was it 2030 they're hoping to have the World Cup? In Saudi, yeah. It, it, I think Morocco yeah. is a candidate for 2030 as well, possibly. Oh, oh, um, I don't I, it's in the running. Is it not? I just, no, no. I just love the way, just love the way that, I mean, so... The Croatians have gone into this game and they're a little bit fourth place, finished, not really bothered. And they look like they're going through the motions. But th- there is a hunger about Morocco, no, no doubt about it. And when we looked at them early in the tournament and we went, yeah, you know, well, they defend really, really deep and they make it difficult. They've grown, haven't they? They really seriously have grown into a proper team. They've got five or six players that you look at them and think, wow, 
you know, b- big players in the future, most definitely. Okay, I think we've got Dan McDonnell on the line from the Irish Independent, uh, who's in Qatar. Dan, are you there? I am, John. Johnny. Uh, hope, hope you're how well, you Dan. Know? And uh, Fresh from visiting a mall in Doha. A mall? From Christmas Berg. You know how you visit a mall at Christmas? A mall with the Americanism. How did you get on, Dan? It's a it's a different shopping experience, all right, uh, Johnny, to say the least. Although maybe it's not. It's like everything in uh, Doha, you, you've got a bit of, uh, you know, you, you, you can have a little bit of traditional uh, sort of shops one minute and then you walk around to like your name, any Western brand you want, really, you know, uh, for, for anything you might possibly want in the world. So um, you could be in New York around one corner and Doha around the other. So into the, the souk then, which is sort of the, the, I suppose, the most authentic part of of Doha, uh, sort of markets and stuff like that. Now, it was rebuilt in the 1980s, um, but it is a little bit more uh, like, you know, bustling with people it's sort of uh cash and uh haggling and, and various things for uh you know uh gifts or souvenirs or whatever so there's a bit of life around there there always has been i mean it's only actually my i think third time down there during the competition but uh, it is probably a slightly different feel around the souk than it does uh the the rest of the the sort of city you've done any haggling dan uh, I didn't really do too much. I just I didn't have the I didn't have the heart to engage in this. Like so, some people just have the personality to just haggle. It's just like, like oh. Johnny here. Yeah. No, I'm, not, I'm a terrible <laughs> haggler. I'm I'm awful. I just like people who go on holidays to third world countries and haggle over a dollar and a half or whatever. And I know a catch reason is like just pay the bloody man. Like you know he's not on the money. Yeah, anymore. yeah. So that, what the, that sort of uh, attitude, yeah, yeah, which is the correct attitude. What what's the last week been like then, Dan? In terms of you know what you've seen, what you've observed, and as it kind of all draws to a close now. Yeah, well, as you know, John, like the the last week can be a bit different if you're if you're covering the tournament. I mean, you have that sort of rhythm of of games every day, um, and uh, like there's always a very strange aspect to the last week that, quite naturally, as as more teams go and get knocked out, you know, the, you know, fans go uh, with them. You know, even media in some cases would go with them. So, you know, you take the Brazilians out of the equation, you know, for example, you know, that that obviously has an impact. Um, you know, England going out of the equation as well too. They probably had more fans than any of the European countries, although we're nowhere near as much as the others. Um, and then you have a couple of days where there's no games, very obviously. So uh, unless you really went down to the souk, as I mentioned, or um, to maybe one or two other places, I know there was stuff going on at fan festivals. You'd sort of be in that zone of, I wouldn't say not quite knowing the World Cup is on because there's still a lot of signs and, and you know a lot of stuff around the place uh, as regards that but it's it's a definitely a different pace of the week but of course it just it just cranks up again um to another level um tomorrow when you have that match day excitement and what you do seem to hear just anecdotally or just whatever like there, there would obviously be a lot of people who are just arriving in now for the weekend you okay. know there would be certain guests and stuff who'd be arriving in so that'd be a slightly difference to it all about we've been speaking in the first half hour there, Dan. It's it's really it's the messy final, isn't it? I think you've, as you've written about today. No, it is. Yeah, I think it's whatever happens. It's going to be. I, I feel like whatever happens at full time whistle, the camera is probably going to be panning to him. You know, as it has been during this competition, that and um, the the big the big personalities in in HD at the end of the at the end of their their sort of relevant games and. Um, yeah, I'm amazed really that we're here, like in the sense that having been there in 2014 when he had the final and that sort of sense of 
um, okay, this might be his time then, and there was this incredible momentum around Argentina, and then seeing them in 2018, being a little bit all over the shop, um, and naturally then you do the sums in your head, okay, what age is Messi going to be in 2022? You think this isn't this isn't going to happen. This is never going to happen. And and now we're here. You know, now we're we're standing on you know sitting here on the eve of someone who and I was making this point during the week, like I mean, like someone who has basically done everything, right? I mean, this is the, the one very obvious exception, but like one of the greats who you would think in life would like want for nothing. And yes, he's probably sort of, you know, going to sleep tonight or trying to sleep tonight knowing that maybe the greatest day of his life is coming tomorrow, you know, which is sort of um, uh, something that I, listening to what he was saying this week, there's obviously been times during his career with Argentina where he probably hasn't been in love with it. And he was probably haunted a bit by what happened in 2014 as well, too. So to get that chance to atone for it, I feel like everything that happens in the final um, lies secondary to this in terms of the storyline. The Argentina support, as Johnny referenced at the very top of the show, and we see, saw the Moroccan support. Do you think this has an impact or has had an impact and could it have a 12th a man impact tomorrow? Um, like it's hard to say it definitively. I mean, I, like, it's, it's, how do you how do you measure that? Um, I, I think probably during the competition, you would say it's it's probably helped them, um, Argentina. But I mean, that's a very like, you can you can it's easy to say that now in hindsight when they're in the final. Like like my slight fear I would have had almost around I think was it the the round of sixteen celebrations that they had, and it's like it's it's absolutely frenzied, and you're sort of thinking like the emotional. The emotional roller coaster that this team is on, where they were crying on the bench, Dan, after scoring against Mexico, like it's <laughs> yeah, it's and 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 look, like the people are emotion, like you know, passionate, fiery, and like you know, you can sort of why does everyone talk about wanting to go to football in Argentina because it's different, right? Because like you know, it's still uh, fans in the stadium and players on the pitch, but there's more ferocity and intensity there, and and that sort of transfers to their national team in these tournaments. And like the one thing you would say is this has to be a, a roller coaster for them. Like you think of, I don't know, you think of, of games in 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 your life that you remember, say Ireland playing, and and sometimes it's hard to like back it up a couple of days later. Like I, I, I mean, oh, what a goal! Example. What a goal for Croatia! Oh. Sorry, it's uh, Orsic has got it. A beautiful what curling a shot off the post, two one to Croatia. One you would have been proud of, Dan. <laughs> Orsic it was uh, very good wasn't he? he 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 was the one who scored that incredible penalty against Brazil I think in the shootout didn't he yeah um, at a sort of a crucial stage but um, no I'm, I'm actually not seeing that game here at the moment bizarrely um, just I can't can't see it where I am but the um, sorry the point I was going to make is that like you, know, you think of like Ireland a couple of years back they beat Germany and that was like an incredible night incredible celebrations and then three days later they had to go and play Poland and it was like oh dear you know it was chance, you know they, they lost that game and it's very hard to like lift yourself whereas whereas Argentina seems to just be carried along by this wave of emotion like and after every game it's like they've won the tournament the you know the fans the metro everything and yet they've probably got better as the competition has gone on so the extent to which you can say that could be a, a factor that weakens them i don't know if you can say it like it's clearly they're they're riding that storm and while the, the final attendance tends to be a, a, they probably won't get as many tickets uh, that they might have in in previous games like there tends to be a little bit more corporate elements of the final there'll be people who've got final tickets who'll only come in now um but 
it has to help in some way. I mean, Mark's pretty better placed to talk about like you know what what impact the crowd has in a game. I'm sure it, it's a help for them, um, but but obviously there's a stifling pressure on them to a degree as well too. Maybe not as pronounced as it was in 2014 when they were, you know, there was a sense that they were going to do it. Um, this time they're probably still, you know, probably still the underdogs, are they? You know, but but yeah. but maybe not in a not in a dramatic sense. Yeah, we'll get to Laura in a second. Just on the France build up, there's been a bit of a worry about a virus in the camp and uh, uncertainty over certain players and their complete ability to be a hundred percent. But I suppose they've done it. They've worn the t-shirt. They know the rhythms of a final. They know how to perform in a final, and that must be an advantage to them. What's been the vibe in the in the French? sphere yeah well i mean the, the illness is definitely a, a talking point you know there's no right. avoiding it i mean there's been a uh i mean there's been a lot of illness around the place here generally you know like there's sort of quite a lot of um you know within the english media there was quite a few people unwell you know like sort of really laid low for a period of time and um very like strong messages i think being put out to them about sort of wearing masks when speaking to players and there was a real sense of something was going around the place and then it seems to have gone into the Fran- the French camp now, and um, you probably might have seen the, the pictures of them coming back after the semi-final, and, and Rabiot was effectively isolated from them up on the balcony. So, uh, and now it seems like a couple more players are are afflicted. So that's obviously disruptive. It's in relation to the air conditioning, or is that kind of a conspiracy theory? Um, I like. <sighs> I'm not going to diagnose that, but that's obviously something that's been said, yes. But then there's obviously other types of sort of strains of flu being I mean, camel flu being mentioned as well and like sort of various things so i i don't like i i honestly just i i, I don't want to sort of start coming on with, with authority i mean the air con was definitely i think the germans earlier in the tournament were had an issue with this as well that it is true i mean like the, the stadiums the facilities a lot like the, the air con is on all of the time and you, that that change in temperature and stuff can be sort of unsettling but i don't know this is obviously more of a virus that seems to be running through the french camp in the sense that um it's 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 it seems to have taken a couple of them down and they're obviously hoping to recover in time um from sunday but the, the broader point john to what you're saying i mean uh, and even but in the context of that if you, if you look at like how france have absorbed various injuries you've probably talked about already but like you know kante and pogba and, and uh, benzema and you know in Kunku as well and um Kimpembe and like you know various big players that they've lost and yet they've been fine and while one way of looking at the French performances has been they haven't been madly impressive, right? Like, you know, at, at times in the England games, they were second best. At, certainly at times in the Morocco game, they were second best. I suppose the, the point is that at key points of those games, they they did sort of respond. Okay, Harry Kane's penalty was blasted over the bar. What happens if he scores? Who knows? But they, they, they just seem to have that big game ability and calmness. Uh, that even when they were struggling in that second half against England, they then were able to come back off the ropes and uh, create like three really good chances in five minutes and score from one of them. And there's there's something about the being there, done that uh, vibe around them with Deschamps as well too, and a number of the players that that naturally would make them, I think, the favourites tomorrow. Yeah, five three one zero six. Uh, for your texts, uh, we got Ham. Barry and Kilkenny in touch. Lads, for me, what gives Messi the edge is that he's playing the year of sports science against players 
who can't be better than they are, not out on the sauce on a regular basis. He's made fools of unbelievable athletes time and time again. Interesting I think point. that's a very fair point. Yeah, there's. I know like we're always better than we were 10 years ago and everything, but I think, you know, we are in an ultra, ultra professional area where even at League of Ireland level, all your data is managed and the manager can tell you how much you ran, how much you didn't run and um, Messi still just has that genius. Seamus and Donegal has been in touch. Who does Mark Lawrence consider the greatest player ever? Is Messi number one? I think Mark has kind of said he is. But who's in this top five, Laro? My top five? Yeah. Sorry, putting you on the spot <laughs> all there. Right, all right, all right. No, uh, Messi, Pelé. Um, oh, Maradona, sure. Who you say? Maradona. Yeah, sorry. Maradona. I'll, get, I'll, I'll put Ronnie in there. Um, Ronaldo. And anyone. anyone Ronnie Whelan, no? Ronaldo. No. <laughs> he wishes. Ronaldo. How good was Georgie Best, Laurel? Brilliant. Brilliant. But you forget that he, I think... He finished at 26, basically, didn't he? But yeah. I remember, you, you, you know, my history, obviously, with, with the Bobby Children and, uh, and Nobby Styles at Preston and everything. And Nobby said to me that he was the best tackler in the Man United team. He said he used to he used to slide tackle everybody. He said he was unbelievable and just nick it off people's toes. And also, occasionally, when the, when the, the trainer wasn't happy with them because they were messing around a bit too much in training, he, the trainer would make them play one touch, and he said George would just play off. He just he just play against your shin all the time. He said you couldn't get anywhere near That's him. That's amazing. Like if say yeah. if if George Best had of and again part of his makeup was you know the fact that he did have issues in you know in life. But say if he applied himself to the extent that Mbappe or Messi does and had the sports science of the modern yeah. day Laurel at the country that could qualify for him. at the country like. How you know you do wonder t- talent wise he probably wasn't far off or, you know one of the best. Oh, he was, I mean, I I you know saw him quite a few times when he just left foot, right foot. Um, you know when it was like it was bedlam around him. He'd be the one with the cool head, etc. You, you'll all see that goal against Tottenham when he lobbed Pat Jennings and there's about four people on the line. It goes in the top corner and and. Um, yeah, but but by the same token, he will always tell you that when when he played in the team, he had a minder in Pat Crerand. Mm. Pat, Pat Crerand used to go to anybody who chopped George in half and just went, you, "You'll be next." And by the way, tell tell your mates if anybody wants to come and take George on, they're going to have to get past me. And he would he would do it in the tunnel, um, you know, coming out the tunnel together, and you know, players would say to him, "You know, you better watch out today because I'm going to break your leg or whatever." And Pat Crown said, "You're going to have to break mine first. So, but he was, uh, yeah, it was fab. And I mean, I met him quite a few times. I even worked with him for a while. And he was just, honestly, just the nicest person mm. you ever met. Brilliant bloke. Who would be your top five, Judy? Uh, well, Maradona, Messi. Um, like once again, you're you're going off historical um, impressions when everybody that you'd you'd respect their opinion would say the Pele. Obviously, you didn't see Pele play. So, Pele, Maradona, Messi. Uh, was you Ronaldo? No, I wouldn't. I don't know the original Ronaldo probably ahead of the current Ronaldo. Mm. That's a, that's, that's a di- it. Yeah, that's a difficult one. Because like, see, see, the thing about it is people are, are kind of making assessments all on longevity mm. and on the conditions that footballers have now. Whereas, uh, and uh, footballers are not allowed to have the issues say that Maradona had in Naples. Yeah, uh, they're not allowed to have. Um, be, you know, because everything is well, we we weighed you today, and this is this is the result of it. Mm. Uh, whereas I look at players that would have had, um, you know, difficult backgrounds, or not to say the players that now don't, but it just seems easier now. If you make it, 
you, you know what the plan is. You know what I you totally. You know what the template is to fit into. Um, whereas I think back in the day, I think it was a lot harder. Uh, uh, if you just look at the Mar- Maradona Belgium performance, it's on YouTube. Just watch the Maradona Belgium. But to say top mm. five, I'll have to think about it. I don't know about you, but Dan, but um, it's hard to think off the top of your head because obviously there's three, and then there's the other two. Who are the other two? Mm. Bobby Charlton. Yeah. Mm. Honestly, two two footed player, and by the way, not just passing, shooting was unbelievable. Mm. And you know, for heavy balls I, in those days. Yeah, and you know, in an era where you could get chopped in half on a regular basis, pitches were awful. But as well, Laro, you're speaking about players that you probably wouldn't have faced. Is there anybody you faced as a defender you're going to yourself, I, I can't deal with this here, I, I'm in trouble? Sorry, John, but no. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we love him. Know your audience, John. Know your audience here. Dan, your actually, audience. You, you, you had a game during Qatar, did you? You played with some of the hacks out there. Well, I mean, I in the context, in the, in the, I, I, th- I, th- I think, I think Johnny, in the context of discussing the five greatest footballers of all time, I think it's, it's a, it sort of sits aside. I, I can assure you that none of those, there's no contenders in that game. You didn't jump over a bin, um, Dan, did you? And you scored? Like, no, I didn't. I was, that was a, that was a separate game. Um, yeah, I, I mean, the broader debate. I mean, I'd love to. I'd love to know more about the the likes of, say, Garincha, like Brazil. Yeah. Like you've read the book about Garincha and Beckenbauer and these sort of players of the uh, of 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 a, of a sort of a bygone era, you know. And that's you know, curiosity about them, like the, the the rest of the Brazil Pele's team, Jairzinho and people like that. But it's very hard, you know. Cruyff, you know, like you can just throw out names of like sort of a genius players but i suppose like there probably is players now who do fall by the wayside too i would say you know like it still happens like you still hear these stories of these precocious talents that disappear but they disappear quicker i think as well you know they get found out at an earlier age i'll tell you you what john i actually completely forgot about Cruyff. completely forgot about him he made it look so easy he was one of the first he would stop you as in slow you right down and then just kind of go past you in half a second I thought it was brilliant yeah, got to take a break. Mark Lawrence and Dan McDonald in Qatar and Johnny Ward on Football Saturday. 5 3 1 6. Just go through some scores. Uh, in Scotland, Celtic have won. 1 0 away to Aberdeen. Callum McGregor on the mark there today. So that is the situation there. And uh, half time scores uh, Hearts 2, Clamarnock 0, and Ross County 1, St Johnston 0. And in the Championship, where we have goals uh, Bristol City 1, Stoke 1, Cardiff 1, Blackpool 0, Coventry 1, Swansea 0, and West Brom 1, Rotherham 0. It is 2 1 to Croatia in the third, fourth place playoff in Qatar at half time. We're back after the news don't go away and you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk uh, John Duggan with you through until 8 on this extended show because we got commentary of Ulster against La Rochelle in the Heineken Champions Cup that match switched to the Viva Stadium but we will have Oisin Langan and Fergus McFadden down there from half 5 for the full match commentary exclusively on your radio this afternoon that was all very odd JD that yeah. whole thing so we were here yesterday not wondering, wondering where the game was going to be on where was it going to, was it going to be called off um, Ulster seemed to be annoyed at the call it was supposed to be in the RDS now it's in the Viva Stadium and for a game of the magnitude of it home advantage would have been big for Ulster you know they need to win the game I just find it utterly bizarre the good news is it's on your radio here live and and exclusive on that, talk. there we go and the atmosphere will be every bit as good uh, well um, it, w- it won't be actually it'll remind us of the days of the behind closed doors stuff <laughs> well I think this is behind closed doors this match today well, we were on about the um, the, the influence of the France fans it did show that 
behind closed doors, home and away advantage didn't matter anymore, and that you know that's the only thing about France tomorrow. That's the one thing. Um, no, this game is behind closed doors. Yeah, and it's it's just I I find I I, I don't dip into rugby very often. I found it absolutely bizarre that decision was made so late, and a lot of people be very annoyed. I think. At the moment, though, we're speaking about football and the big matter of the World Cup final tomorrow with uh, Mark Lawrence on the line. Dan McDonald's also on the line from the Irish Independent in Qatar and Johnny Ward in studio with us. Remember, football and off the ball brought to you by Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. I'm texting here on 53106. Uh, Zinedine Zidane, people talk about the best players that have ever lived mm. for the top five. Uh, Eusebio and Zidane need to be in the conversation. Another one goes for Zidane, that JJ. Valdano played the, the Maradona Jorge Valdano that is and says Messi's better he says Messi's Maradona every day Diego didn't even do that uh, come on lads you haven't mentioned Zidane says Jill and Meath and uh, ask Laro about King Kenny Kenny Dalglish says one of our textures Laro Kenny Dalglish another person suggesting that yeah 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 absolutely told you before couldn't run couldn't edit and he had a big fat backside but uh, it was brilliant. Radar. If you ask uh, Ian Rush, Sunes in that team, yeah, he'd, he'd be up there most definitely. Uh, John, you say Cristiano Ronaldo isn't your top five, but didn't say the, t- the five players above him. Well, I've given you three, uh, Pele, Messi and Maradona. I'll probably have the other two by the end of the show. I don't really think that quickly. Uh, longevity and consistency has got to be a factor in measuring the greats of Cristiano retired uh, May 22nd, uh, May 22 rather. Would he be a better player? I um, don't think it's really anything to do with the fallout, to be honest. Um, look, I think he's done amazing to be 37 still playing at the top level. Uh, Franz Beckenbauer, Charlton, Baresi, Maldini, De Stefano and Cruyff must feature in any conversation, but it, clearly it's a question of who fills the places 2, 3, 4 and 5 behind Norman Whiteside. So he retired at, what, 26-odd as well? Yeah, um, you know, he did a bad yeah. injury. Mm. Um, I think he's still one of the youngest players, if not the youngest player. He was at the time to play in the World Cup Finals at the age of 17 in That's 1982. Right. Uh, Dan, what will be the... I suppose the takeaway, as it were, from Qatar, and uh, now you've been there for a month, I'm sure you're, you're happy, obviously you're delighted to be at the final tomorrow and, and working at it, but also to uh, come home. But what would be the kind of the imprint in your mind at the moment of, of Qatar 2022? Um, strange place, uh, quite a strange place. Wouldn't necessarily be for me uh, in terms of being sort of dying to, to rush back or anything like that. Um, yeah. You know, there's obviously, um, I think the the issues with Qatar are sort of pretty well documented at this stage. It's like sort of not original to raise them, um, but obviously they're they're still probably in your face when you you walk around the place. I mean, you know, I've done some pieces in the last week, sort of chatting to, you know, various people living over here, various Irish people living over here, um, and it's very hard to sort of. Um, you know, you you can sort of put them on the spot in the sense of asking them about their their life decisions. I mean, for various reasons, like <clears throat> there's a lot of people here doing very well. You know, there'll be a lot of sort of uh, you know expats from from a sort of a you know a, a European background who would have met a very good life for themselves in Qatar and would consider it a place where there's you know great opportunities and and and. Uh, you know, great, great potential to sort of do things for themselves, but obviously it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a country where sort of the inequality is is very much in your face, and you you would chat to people here, uh, working maybe some of the tougher jobs who are, uh, in a in a tough situation, and um, I think anyone coming here for a month, and this this has always been my point, really, um, like 
we're not seeing a really uh, an accurate real picture of what life is, is like in Qatar. They've, they've stopped a lot of things for the month to, to make sure that it worked. And, and from a logistical basis, right, it's been fine. Like it's, it, it has worked. But um, that's with a lot of, uh, you know, projects ceased, you know, stopped, you know, schools, a lot of offices and stuff closed. Um, everything, you know, a lot of people who come here are sort of on these corridors that you're sort of, um, you, you can go sort of five star to five star in a lot of cases. And a lot of people who've come here will do that. And then they will obviously talk about, oh, this isn't as bad as, uh, as I thought, it, you know, as people were telling me when they're not actually seeing the things that were were bad, you know, and are bad. And, and that's something you're always aware of. So I think like those, those feelings are there sort of throughout your time here that um it's it's been an enjoyable competition like yes it has you know there's been a facility to go to a lot of games which if you have the right credentials like you're you're privileged to be able to do it but in terms of it uh sort of saying to the world as as infantino and various people were trying to say yesterday that uh that that in some ways like this this has been the best tournament ever and that uh people have come here and they've seen that a lot of what they've told before it wasn't true uh I, I don't think anyone can start saying that definitively because i don't think you have to scratch behind the surface too far to see that there's still a lot of valid concerns that you would have about qatar and and we're going to be talking about this again um about this region again you know because in qatar are going to go for an olympics they probably have a decent chance uh saudi arabia are going to go for a world cup and, and to go for big tournaments um so this is a part of the world that is going to remain in the discussion and i, and I suppose that the glass half full slant in it is that um you know the the the, the global power of football the the sort of popularity of football has shone a light probably on on issues in Qatar that say, uh, you know the the, the sort of the, the horse racing relationship with Qatar, golf F one hasn't maybe succeeded in generating that debate. Football has, um. So we'll see where they are in ten years time, which is a lot. Of, you know, a lot of people would say there's a twenty thirty vision here. They want to achieve certain things by twenty thirty in terms of their society. So maybe we'll see in ten years time that that they're further along the road, but. I wouldn't be so sure. We, yeah, we, we I, think I, that, I, I think a lot of it is that they're trying to obviously get different revenue streams because oil won't be the, there forever. But we, we, we think about um, countries as if that's the way it always was and, you know, a lot of these man-made countries are not even that old. And when you think, say, up until the exploration of oil and gas, most of the world, give or take, was of a similar enough poverty, really. And when you have a country like Qatar, which is a country of a tiny amount of people getting all this oil and the figure of one million per person being spent on a World Cup. And you know, you know the feeling in, in, in Cheltenham, JD, when you leave the course for the last time and everything starts to die down and there's this kind of almost eerie like after effect of it all. And you imagine the Qatari workers who get up on Monday morning while everyone goes home and they think that, you know, their lives were... And, you know, do do we care about them? Maybe we don't. But if you're a guy who's come over from Nepal to feed your family and has basically had to work in obscenely hot conditions to build these stadia that won't have any real legacy um, because they just have the money from oil and they're able to just give it away and spend it like they are. It's like, if it's just, it's sick really. It's it's sick that there's so much inequality in Arabia itself and Saudi Arabia has so much it's money. It's not the only place. It was it's, in Brazil, it was favelas, like a, yeah. you know, just in the same neighbourhood as Ma, a, like, what, what, a World Cup final stadium. Saudi, Saudi are, the, the likes of Qatar have an access to so much money for such a small amount of people such that 80 to 90% of the country are 
expats. It's just, it's quite sick when you think about it. And there's no real legacy beyond uh, how corrupt FIFA has become. Uh, Gianni Infantino, um, who I'm sure doesn't see himself as corrupt, but he uh, he just threw in there, uh, Dan, yesterday that uh, there's going to be a Club World Cup. Uh, I was kind of thinking to myself things out. Uh, the, about player welfare. Is this going to happen, this, play, this Club World Cup? It seems like a, a big imposition. Well, I mean, he's been talking about it for a while, and and right, and the, and the Club World Cup stuff is is probably caught in with this FIFA UEFA uh, sort of power struggle and 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 you know game playing and stuff that's gone on back and forth and and, and creating a sort of a big Club World Cup. Um, I mean, there's obviously financial incentives to that, but even in the context of of lot lot of what's going on around club football with sort of the Champions League, the Super League, like um, the, without getting into it, like there's obviously this exp- expansion of the UEFA Nations League uh, to bring in some of the South American teams because the European and the South American federations have been getting closer. And now Infantino is talking about let's have every second year let's have the FIFA World Series friendly tournaments in March between teams from all con- four confederations. So it all. Like he does throw stuff out, right? So um, he has done this before uh, in terms of after a FIFA meeting. He has talked in grand terms about things that are going to happen. And then in actuality, you get closer to it. They don't necessarily happen that way. Um, like for, for example, it was very much set in stone before it seemed that the World Cup in 2026 was going to be 16 groups of three like the 48 team one now they're rowing back from that it would seems but i don't know if there's any appetite to roll back from the concept of a club world cup i think he's fairly set in it and in fact there, there's going to be a change to the international calendar in 2025 which i think is probably related to it in some ways that they're going to i mean you'd obviously be aware ireland fans international fans would be aware that every September and every October Ireland will have two games that's going to be merged into one window from 2025. And I think probably uh, that's going to create time elsewhere in those years to have that sort of long club tournament that they want. But I mean, Infantino, I mean, it's just like hard to take, you know, very hard to take. Um, But that wouldn't make him stand out from previous um, FIFA presidents. I mean, he, he dropped all this stuff out there yesterday and then, added in a, a quite subtle clarification. Uh, well, not subtle, really. In fact, it wasn't subtle at all. But he tried to sort of stick it in at the end. as like, And it has been clarified that my initial three-year term, which he took over, obviously, from Blatter, doesn't count uh, as his one of his three terms of office, um, even though it was three-quarters of a normal sort of term length. So long story short, really, he's going to be there until 2031 unless someone opposes him. So... Um, I mean, we've heard Infantino and a lot of his rubbish and we've got ourselves probably nine more years uh, of this now, which is uh, an optimistic thought that someone can build up that power base within the game um, to, to just be able to to sort of run yeah. the game top down. Well, 5316, what do the lads think of the 48-team World Cup? I think it's just going to be... Uh... More money for, for, for FIFA and a diluted group stage. Uh, but uh, the only way they're going to have to do it in a way that possibly work is 12 teams of four, surely. Yeah, I, I don't know what Dan thinks. I'd, I'd, I'd almost be more worried about the um, expanded Euro idea, which I think is completely daft. But um, I'm happy with the World Cup as it is in terms of the groups anyway. Hi, lads. I think, uh, I think they've stopped the abandoned Euros, Johnny. I think mm. they've, they're sticking with 24. So, I mean, it's already been expanded, but I don't think they're going 32 now. Hi, lads. Great World Cup, but no great goals, says Fred. 
And that's a good point. I don't know if that's the... Um, Best goal of the World Cup so far. Um, I was having a debate in the office about this, Johnny. Uh, Richarlison, for me, the um, one against... Uh, yeah. Um, I think it was Serbia. Seems like a long time ago now it was. Uh, although somebody's pointing out the Mexico free kick. Um, you? Well, who who did Messi set up against uh, the Dutch again? That is a Molina. Molina, yeah. Like that's. I mean, it doesn't have to be the finish. Yes, it? that's that, that was true. absolute genius. That goal. Um, mm. Maybe it hasn't. There haven't been amazing goals. Well, yeah, well Maliki Clerken on the on the on the panel earlier on, we were talking about the books of the year, and Rory Smith has got a book on data, and like it's that the your the football now has to be viewed through a lens of data as well as just the play you see, and mm. uh, that it's that's. I was watching the 1978 World Cup every single goal on YouTube the other day because I don't really have much of a life. Um, and uh, every single goal seemed to be scored from outside the box mm. whereas it's been very few nowadays because the data would tell you well that's not a really good percentage option so Dan what was the best goal you saw out there? Oh god I, I mean I'm, I'm trying to think I mean um, I, like the, I mean like Richarlison is one that springs to mind I think South Korea got an amazing goal the comeback against Brazil but it's sort of forgotten because it was a consolation at 4-1 there was an absolute dinger from long range in that game but it sort of gets uh um, it was like Serbia scored a great team goal against Cameroon as well, like a really good team move in that three all. And then you had the Abubakar sort of dink, where you know probably did he think he was offside? Who knows? But I mean, I was at that game, and that was one of those audacious moments. Um, but I know what you're saying. There has been no sort of goal where you're sort of jumping up, but there's been a lot of decent ones. Um, maybe tomorrow. Maybe the not. Night. Well, that's it. Like maybe, maybe um, tomorrow is the night. Like the little sobo. Yeah. Maybe tomorrow. Uh, five three one zero six. Henri and Ronaldinho worth a shout. Uh, JD Ronaldo's got five Ballon d'Ors, the record for international goals, and several other top level records. Regardless of whether people like him or not, does he not deserve a place in everybody's top five of all time? He probably does. Just me. I'm just being a contrarian, for the sake of it. Um, Laro tactically tomorrow. Then uh, the strengths and weaknesses of both teams, like Argentina in the air, for example, haven't been that solid. Um, France on their left side don't look the most solid. You know, do, how do you? Can you just have to just deal with? How do you deal with Messi and Mbappe? What What are you seeing the tactical battle as like? Um, well, I always it's the interesting thing for me is is you, you're looking at the opposition for Argentina and you know you're thinking, well, what will they do? Are Messi? Um, which is always an interesting point. Um, I think obviously if you can stop if you can stop him getting fed with the ball, that would be the easiest and the most logical. If not, do you have one or two players there? Does that mean you surrender some space somewhere else? And the Mbappé thing's a little bit different, as I said before, because he plays out wide on the left and it's probably a little bit easier to look after him as, as the English did. Um, but, I, I mean, you, you look at France, I, I think the goalkeeper's got a mistake in him. Every time I see him play, I always think he's going to make Not in this World Cup, though. He's, 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 he's saving it for Brentford uh, on, on Stephen's day for Spurs, Laro. All right, there you go. Um and um, I think Canate has to play for France. I think that's most, most important. I think he's played himself in the team. He looked stronger the other night with himself and, and Varane in there. Um, but I just I just think in regards to the game, John, is that, we, you know, the longer we have to kind of build these up, generally the game's even worse because obviously, the, you know, teams, teams don't want to get beat, do they? That's the last thing you possibly want. Great to say, oh, yeah, well, I played in the World Cup final, but we got beat. So... I'm just looking at the uh, Argentinians and I just think they've got better in every single game. That includes Messi. And as I said to you earlier in the programme, I just I just think defensively with them, um, they've got some warriors. And they, they love they love a tackle. I think they'll have the French jumping out of tackles, to be honest with you. And 
they know as well. They 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 want to get this over the line for your man, which is you know you would do when you play with a genius and be able to say yeah we won the World Cup final with him and and we all helped him along the way. So it's a bit be a fascinating game. I, I don't think there's a I don't think there's a favourite. I really no, there's not. Is there? Is they there? haven't had no. they haven't had Mbappe to deal with Don. That that it's such a problem because you can't. Well, that's you can't it. Do, 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 they, do, they, like. do they play then the three at the back or do they go four four two? I mean, they'll take it in turns to foul him. Yeah, like I, I definitely think the with the Argentinian backline, if you um, you can't you can't go that high if 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 you, you saw in the second half against Morocco as well that Mbappe and Dembele as well that they will punish it and um, so I think France if if Didier Deschamps is going to make a plan here as he did with Giroud doing his defensive work in the semi final, I think his plan will be to kind of sit back a bit more and contain and also deal with Messi in the sense of if Messi has six. Uh, French players in front of him it's a lot harder for him um, just don't give him the space as well but don't give him the options of the of the passing in front of him they're not, they're not high pressing teams both teams mm, like, yeah. both teams like to sit back if they score I think France would be very happy to sit back at nil all yeah Dan from what you've seen out there like obviously when you're seeing games live you see different things that we don't see but um, I think who scores first could be crucial couldn't it I, I mean, I think it is. I mean, it's it's a very obvious point, but I think France in particular like would be very comfortable with a with a lead. I mean, like Argentina, like they they the thing about Scaloni is he's been very flexible throughout the competition in terms of as you've sort of mentioned that there, like he's he went to the back three in the in the against to to match up the Dutch, and then against Croatia he sort of um like he sort of packed the midfield a little bit more. Uh, to sort of try and neutralise them, and after a bad start, and, and well, maybe you say a bad start, just Croatia just had a lot of the ball. Maybe they were happy enough with that; they were able to sort of um, got on top of things. And I, I suppose when you start to think about okay, uh, a team sort of neutralising another, you, you do start to end up thinking about you know, the, the, the strengths the strengths that France have. Like you saw, like Giroud was just very strong on crosses, and Argentina were poor on crosses against the Dutch. But but then obviously if you if you maybe try and play a little bit higher up the pitch to to not allow you know Giroud to sort of to to, to facilitate those situations, there's loads of space in behind that Mbappe and Dembele are going to love. And then Griezmann has been the most intelligent player of them all in terms of what he's done. That you, you start to break it down that way, and you start to lean towards France in a lot of angles. But then the flip side is that um, you know Argentina probably have. Uh, depending on what he does in midfield, and that's that's obviously a couple of uh, players to consider there. But I mean, Fernandez has been very good. Alexis McAllister, they possibly have the the sort of the energy in there to 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 match what France have, uh, and we'll see where France are with this virus as well. Um, I think like Rabiot wouldn't be everyone's favourite player, but I I think they missed him a little bit uh, during the week. Um, so we'll see who's back from that end of things. Um, but if like you know, Messi is just such a like Messi. You talk about like you know the difference probably watching on TV. At home. I don't know if it's different at all, but it's it's just like Messi's ability to impact the game on his own is just amazing. You know, it's not as if you can. You, I, I I completely see what Johnny says there about uh, you know you get players behind the ball and just. But Messi just has that ability to completely. To roam around the place and and to make things happen from from nothing, like from a standing start, he can walk for four or five minutes. He can drift off forever, and he's just so good that um, there, there, there's the he, he, he like the Croatia game in particular when he like he's injured. There's something wrong with him here. He's sort of feeling his hamstring. He's strolling around the place, but then 
in in one movement he's gone and things happen around them and the fact that alvarez and as as sort of occupying the other the opposition defense as well too is is helpful for messi it's i mean they're not a one-man team as much as he is a very inspiring member of that team so i think it's fascinating angle so i think scaloni like he has it in him to sort of surprise with the team selection. You know, he's he's mixed things up a little bit midfield with Paredes and various options. So uh, I'd be very interested to see what he does in terms of his team. Um, and whereas with France, I think we probably have an idea what to expect, but knowing what to expect and knowing how to beat them is obviously two very different things. Yeah, absolutely. Guanar, Sorry, John. Did Scaloni play with Messi at Barcelona? Um, off the top of my head, no, but uh, I'm stand to be corrected. Okay, um, I thought I saw somewhere that it, that they've been together in Barcelona. Yeah, we can we can check that out. Um, but uh, he's not. Uh, the thing about it is, they've been in knockout. They've been in knockout football since the first game. They've been on, in jeopardy since yeah. the first game because they lost to to, to Saudi Arabia. You know, so but um, other than that, they've lost like yeah, not maybe, lost maybe, forty or something like that. Maybe know? like a, he was never Barcelona to my mind. Like, he was a Newell's old boys when he was young. So they were in the squad together in 06, I think for Argentina. I think ah, they were okay. in the World Cup squad in 06. I'm not sure about the Barcelona thing unless he was there at some stage no, coaching no. or something. But like oh three to um, 06, he was in the Argentina squad. So maybe it was okay. then. Yeah, they were in the squad. 06 um no and obviously messi was a younger member of that group there but i think in general the relationship between scaloni and messi is very good it's very strong and like um i don't think that's always been the case with messi and and management teams uh when he's been with argentina i mean i just find it interesting like the messi thing as well towards the end of the croatia game um where he's been feeling something and they're comfortable but there's still you still don't take them off there was never a sense of yeah. <laughs> uh let's give them a minute or two to sort of recharge here it's like leaving them on the pitch at all times like that was just very much uh no risks no messing uh not be yeah, left like that, other teams yeah i think zabaleta zabaleta spoke to him after that game and said are oh, you all right and he said because he said it looked like maybe your hamstring or something he said no it he said, I just got a knock and I felt it at first. He said, but as the game went on, he said, it was fine. He said, so, you know, because there was a little bit, somebody started the scaremonger, and oh, he might not be fit for the final because of hamstring injury. But no, it was just a knock on the back of his uh, back of his hamstring, basically. You get these great nuggets, Laro. Uh, Messi is somebody who's never really seemed to got injured much yeah. in his career yeah. as well. You know, he's he's never he's been lucky with uh, with injuries. Maybe yeah. it's the way he plays the game. I think it is, yeah. And uh, whereas you think of Mbappe, if if Mbappe gets into injury such territory, an but yeah. if Mbappe gets into injury territory, the pace then yeah, like Michael Owen was effectively yeah, that. Mbappe without his pace would be like he wouldn't be anywhere near one of the best players in the world. Quite simply, that that like that he's an exceptional player, but pace his pace is I don't know if I've ever seen anything like it on a football pitch. Yeah. Roadrunner pace. I was just going to say that the thing with Messi is the way the way he moves his body is amazing. You know when when the tackles coming in and 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 you've seen it. I mean just and the way he stops people and he shifts from one foot to the other. I've never seen anything like it because he's just gone. You're kind of looking at him, watching the ball, and then he's gone. He's away from you, and um, he seems to be able when people tackle him, he almost like changes his, the shape of his body. If that makes any sense. 
Yeah, I think as Dan said as well, the, the stifling kind of pressure when you when you see the, he's what, not he's not feeling that now. Maybe winning the cup has really helped him in Rio. No, I think I, I think it, I think it will be felt though tomorrow in the sense that this is it. Like I mean, this is this is this is literally the ninety minutes, um, possibly of extra time that makes you go down as the the man who won the World Cup with Argentina. And I think one of the most striking images for me was at the World Cup has been the Argentinian fans with Maradona, Maradona's face on the drums, Maradona's face on the flags, and Maradona is dead, but he's 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 still alive in many respects because he he brought the World Cup to Argentina and Messi I think that weighs regardless of what he says or what he thinks will be on him and let's hope he doesn't um, you know let, let's hope he's he's falling to the ground at the end like uh, somebody who's won Wimbledon rather than somebody who's literally in tears because he knows yeah that's that's gone not a 90th minute penalty that's got over the bar uh, speaking <laughs> of England uh, we'll, we'll talk about them after the break with uh, Dan and Qatar uh, Mark Lawrence and, and Johnny Water Aberdeen and Ill uh, Celtic won full time from Scotland uh, earlier on in the Premiership Callum McGregor uh, with the goal Hearts 2 Kilmarnock nil a latest Ross County 1 St Johnston nil is a latest as well uh, we have in the Championship Bristol 1 Stoke 2 uh, a latest score uh, Burnley 2 Middlesbrough 1 it is Cardiff 1 Blackpool 1 Coventry 3 Swansea 1 Huddersfield 0 Watford 1 Hull 0 Sunderland 0 Preston 0 QPR 1 West Brom 2 Rotherham 0 Half 5 kickoff Norwich and Blackburn and we're back after this on Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan on this extended show until 8 this evening because we're showcasing live and exclusive commentary of Ulster against La Rochelle behind closed doors in the Heineken Champions Cup. But uh, we'll have Oshin Langan and Fergus McFadden describing all the action right now, though, until 5 football Saturday, previewing tomorrow's World Cup final between France and Argentina. Remember, football and off the ball brought to you by Sky. Get more of the sports you love on Sports Extra with BT Sports and Premier Sports. You can text us on 53106. You can also comment on our YouTube channel because not only can you listen on the radio on News Talk across the country as you do your uh, drive around possibly or maybe you're putting over your tree um, for Christmas in eight days time but you can also watch us on the digital and social channels Twitter, YouTube, Facebook and on the OTB Sports app got some uh, comments in on Twitter actually um, Pizza, Stop Griezmann and uh, You Beat France he's the creator and James Garrity on the best player ever or the best five saw Messi play at Stamford Bridge in March 2006 against Mourinho's Chelsea that'll be 17 years ago in three months 791 goals and 349 assists in 1002 games is it really a debate great point there James I suppose it's a debate because we don't have debate what do we have Don McDonnell of the Irish Independent is in Qatar right now Johnny Warden studio and Mark Lawrence is on the line Laura we haven't spoke about England yet um should Southgate stay? Willie, do you think? What's the vibe there? Uh, with England? Yeah. Um, ah, same old, same old, isn't it? <laughs> what, 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 listen, once you start singing It's Coming Home, that's the end of it. They need to ban it on a, <laughs> on a major scale. I think, I think, look, it's a big if, but I think if Kane scores a penalty, I think England beat, beat the French and then it could have been anything, but they just, they just, but I think he's a good manager, Gareth Southgate, but I don't think he's a winning manager. Well, it's been it's been proven, and I think when push comes to shove, he doesn't seem to be able to make the change that makes a difference. I'm sure if he wants, he can stay on. Well, they're all saying that he can stay on if he wants to, but it remains to be seen. But they've always got, you know, they've got really good players coming up and coming through, but they just can't seem to win the major tournaments. And um, they actually look at the moment as though they're serial losers. Why would you put down the? Kane anomaly to Laura I, I cannot get my head around it it's like when you say serial losers and you start believing in, in this thing that like, yeah. it's preordained but I think he I, I actually think he thought about it too much mm. I think if you watch him normally like his first penalty everybody knows that's where his penalties go and they are unstoppable 
you know, nice and high. They're not they're not goalkeepers kind of mid-range in terms of his hips or anything in terms of height. They're always high and they've got loads of power and they're, and they're curling away from him. I just think he'll be thought it. I think he's probably thinking, ah, he's my club mate. And one thing or another, he's going to think I'm going to stick it wherever. And um, he just lost it, unfortunately. But, ha, I mean, maybe in a way, you know, with England, they might, they might have too many good players because what what would the best team be? I couldn't really name you the best team at the moment. I really seriously couldn't. They've got replacements everywhere. And maybe, in, you know, that's one of their problems. If they had less players to choose from, it might be easy for them. In forward positions. I don't know yeah. if he's a lead, like a proper leader in the team as well. Pickford, I'm not having at all. Rice, he's obviously a flaky character, as we know. Harry Kane. <laughs> Rice, has been, Rice has been outstanding. He has, much. but he's, is he a leader? You know, is there, is there a leader? Well, they, 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 he's mental, still young, you know. He's still young now, yeah. But, like, I don't know, they... In some respects, I think like England have done well in tournaments, and you know there's definitely a certain kind of um, you know we're enjoying them being knocked out, whilst we are not within the NASA's roar getting to the World Cup at the moment, and we have to look at ourselves because England have the talent coming through. Maybe we don't, but Southgate, can you blame him for Harry Kane doing something like that? Yeah. If you don't, then it's too all. And as Lauro says, England were the better team at the time. Well, well I, like if France win comfortably tomorrow, you can look back at that as the yeah. final. Yeah, the final doesn't always have to be in the final game. Uh, England were probably the better team at that point. Well, uh, yeah. The thing about England is, for me, England underperformed for twenty years, and they with all the great players they had, and like a succession of managers that just didn't fit. Southgate, there was no expectations of them four years ago. There was a good culture. They overperformed expectations, like the Daly Ali in the team. Remember back then. So that was uh, that was seen as a bonus. Then they nearly won the Euros, didn't win it. But then you, the the, the narrative then changes and turns into, well, we we should be winning now because we're England again. Mm. So we're back out to the old narrative. And and Kane uh, didn't score the penalty, and um, but who's out there? Because like it's unlikely they're going to go for somebody from not England. So who's out there really? To like Eddie Howe, uh, Graham Potter, are these guys going to be leaving like massive mm. club managers' jobs with barely better money uh, to go to an England job? So it's a hard. John, it depends. Yes, yeah. for me as well is the, the, the press are a nightmare with England. Absolute nightmare. You know, you, you, you win 6-2, whatever it is, and then you're very ordinary against, against USA. And, you know, it's, it's just, it's, there's no, there's never any middle ground. You know, very few of the journalists are thinking, well, you know, this might be a good point against USA. It's just like, oh, we weren't this, we weren't that, we weren't whatever. And you just have this massive expectation all the time. And God knows why, because when you look at them, I mean, in, in Brazil... They were the first out of the competition, weren't they? They'd lost the first two games with Roy Hodgson, um, and you know they were they were finished. So ah, it's one it's one of those. I just I think they just everybody gets carried away with it, and you and you you sit there and you, you people say, "Oh, you're a miserable so and so. You don't think England do well and all that." But the, the reasons are why is is because they never do well. Well, they do well, but they they don't. Well, Dan, you want to come in yeah. there? Yeah, yeah, but, well, but, uh, yeah. In a, in a, in a country where you've got so many, so many people, firstly, and so many players to to, to pick from, they they just can't do it. And um, I don't generally believe that you know you can be a serious serial loser, but there are most definitely we've seen it in this competition times <laughs> substitution now in football, and especially at this level with so many substitutes and you, and you can change. I, th- I think it's a major thing in this competition. I think it's one, been one of the best things. And I don't necessarily think England have got that very, very good at all. Dan? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I probably knew England were in trouble last Saturday when some of the morning stories were about the logistics of a victory parade for what in the tournament. That, that's when you know you're in a little. That's when you know you're in a little bit of bother. That's when it's just like okay. But I have to say, I don't. I don't think the press around England now is as bad as it used to be at all. Or as um, relevant, Dan. Uh, well, yeah, like it's it's definitely. Um, but like, it, just the the atmosphere around the England camp. Um, is a lot more convivial now. There, there wasn't really a, a huge volume of people calling for Southgate's head. I think actually there's a little bit more of a, a social media sort of criticism of, of England now than actually the, the 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 sort of media sort of like the Graham Taylor style sort of uh, barracking or Bobby Robson had it before 1990 and yeah. that type of thing. It's 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 very it's, it feels very different around England now. Um, I I sort of come away from it thinking that. I think they will win something in the next decade, and I've never really believed that before. Um, I've always sort of thought that their expectations have been uh, completely out of kilter about what their team's capable of doing. But I, I just look at it now, and you think like football comes back to sort of uh, uh, as much as international football is a great leveler. Um, it's also true as well that teams who win stuff. Um, it's a consequence of, of sort of spending over a period of time. And, and you do now see that England are producing some very, very good players, that the Premier League academies, they sort of got their stuff together around, what, 2012, 2013, um, probably in a response to them being hammered by Germany in 2010. And all of a sudden now you start to see, like the, 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 you list the players that are under the age of 25, uh, and it's a very, very strong list. You talk about leadership, it's a valid point, but I think Bellingham's going to be a very good player for them over the, yeah. the, the next decade. Um, and then you, you can list the others. I mean, Foden is absolutely top class, and you sort of work through. I think the concern would probably be the centre-halves and what happens after Harry Kane. Yeah. But in a lot of the other positions, like they really have like genuinely top class players like better they had a better bench at this tournament and i, I actually take what what um what laura was saying on board about like this the the, the the range of options they have that they do have a lot of attacking creative wingers you know who can play inside and and there's a little bit of a d- dilemma okay how what's the pecking order between sort of foden saka even rashford can play out wide and sterling and and but still, they're good options to have. And I feel like for all that in Ireland, we sort of would take a lot of amusement from their uh, their their downfall and, and from the sort of the pride before the fall and all. I feel like it's on a cycle where something is going to happen with them in the, in the next decade because they've got so many good players. that, uh, and, and I think they're going to keep producing good players because the Premier League is, is such a monster at the moment. They're bound to st- keep producing more fo- Fodens and, and more players at that level. And if they do that... It's going to click for them at some stage. Yeah, it will. You can you can have you can have too many good players. I mean, if you if you look at the French, the, the ones obviously who haven't made it, um, you know, Kante and and etc. and and Benzema, and you kind of think, you know, sometimes when you're in a squad as well, and you you know you're missing players, and you're thinking, oh, we're missing him and we're missing that. I think it, in many occasions, actually, it gets players together better, and it's sort of. A little bit. Well, come on, let let's show people that it's not just about these three. That I mean, Pogba was the other one, wasn't it? And they would have all been in the team, arguably. And it it, it does make a difference. But I don't. There's just some. There's just something about the mentality with England, which is n- not so much the expectation, but it's almost like look at us. You know, we are very very good players, and they are, but very very good players 
win major competitions. Yeah, 2-1 to and Croatia against Morocco happen. here. Uh, 2-1 to Croatia, 86 minutes on the watch. A uh, very open game, Johnny. Uh, like a Moroccan player, Amala was booked there and it was yeah. almost like he was sent off and they'd sent off the, the whole team were around the referee again. They're, they're, they're manhandling of the referees. Astonishing. I don't know where the referee's from, but he's he's taken it very, very uh, Calmly, well. Yeah. Where's he from? Calmly, I said Camly. Yeah, he's country. taking it calmly. He's almost like it's kind of like um, a Sunday league game where he knows the players and they're all getting a bit hot, but he's he's taking it well. I, I can't imagine like Kalina uh, reacting the way that he has. He's in the box now, uh, Kalina. He's, um, he's is he? Um, he's, he's the grand master overseeing everything. I, I I will I will miss this Moroccan team though. What they brought? Yeah, to this. they've been the romantics. You know, side. they have been the romantics. Um, and the, the the one thing that we. The one thing that we don't talk about in the in terms of the, the the Qatar World Cup is I think it hasn't it hasn't been really spoken about much over here is the, the the pride that the Arab world would take in Morocco and doing well and and even even maybe to an extent Saudi Arabia haven't beaten Argentina and um, this Moroccan team is I, I I did look it up I think the the bid for twenty thirty is, is is actually still on. And this would, I presume, they won't happen because they don't. They won't have the money to to win to win it it's over. A Qatari referee, apparently. Qatari, um, that, that, yeah. Abdul Rahman Al Jassim. So he's um, doing a good job. He's he's just. I I don't think you should be handing the referee like the players are. But the Moroccan team and the passion that they have and um the the what their fans have brought. Uh, you know, they're probably going to finish fourth now. But to, for me, whatever wins tomorrow, and um, they'll definitely be one of the highlights. Uh, Texan here in 53106 talk about how England have to win eventually has Dan ever heard of Mayo says Ray and Mayo there's an element of that Ray and Mayo yeah um, yeah there's, it's almost like they are cursed to an extent I do I do wonder with England is there a psychological hangover at the back of their minds that that cane penalty for me just it defies all reason that he should he cracked tot- he was 6 minutes from time he'd already scored he, he, he bottled it I think he bottled it and maybe it's the way it's a memory of the England miss penalties it's a hard word like choke bottle, bottle they're, they're hard words it was it was choking it was like um, you know um, Ace Ventura laces out like it was that moment never seen it uh, it's like basically the whole movie is about this kicker who completely bottles like a field goal kick and he's banished from memory forever Ray Finkel called Ray Stinkle by the fans okay. and Dan Marino features but there was for me I think Harry Kane uh, he, he will never take a penalty as bad as that and for me there's something in it like he, he, well, it's the weight of history um, I don't know Harry Kane is too good a technician to take a penalty like that and that's the one thing about how Argentina overcame the debacle of what happened against the Netherlands for me was massive absolutely massive and on the other level with England I don't know there's just something weird about that uh, 5 3 one, six. Mark and Cork and touch Lads Harry Kane Had a very average World Cup Think about it Leaving aside the missed penalty He got one goal from play He didn't contribute a lot Well I suppose it's the way England play Isn't it as well But yeah good point Mark On 5-3-106 Dan we're, we're kind of uh, Getting towards the twilight zone in the, in the show this afternoon So What's the plan tomorrow Will you be there early um, I think so yeah It's like it's, it's a 6 o'clock kickoff Local time here I know it's the early game So um as in in the early the early the early schedule so yeah no i think just just get there early john like it's lucille is it's uh the it's uh there'll be argentina fans sort of strewn all over the route so uh probably the earlier you go the the less chaotic it gets but um when you get to the stadium it opens out into a big sort of concourse where you see sort of even if you get a media bus there you sort of come through this sort of big concourse where there'll be thousands of Argentina fans. I'm even just looking now at the local TV here in the souk where I was a couple of hours ago. It looks like the Argentina fans have taken it over and there's a joint Maradona 10 jersey and flag sort of surfing across the crowd that's completely taken over the square. So I suppose that sort of uh, sets up the tone for what the atmosphere around the, the day is going to be like. 
Is there a sense, Dan, that this uh, additional time that's been a feature of this World Cup will continue into club football? Any kind of talk about that? I don't know. Uh, yeah. To the TV companies that hate it, wouldn't they? You know, <laughs> make life unpredictable. That's what you doing your League uh, of Ireland report for like yeah. half nine on a Friday night, and it's like it finishes at ten o three. Yeah, I mean, I, I. But the thing is, right? I don't have a problem with it if it's consistent. Like it's it's actually if it's if it, it is true, like the ball and play time sometimes can be scandalous. But obviously, if it's sort of a la carte, sort of applied that will apply it to major tournaments. So you have to sort of apply it everywhere. So everyone has to be prepared for those long games. Isn't that thing with rugby now that some of the games take too long now because of all the stoppages? Maybe we can just get used to that. But um, I don't know. Like I think there's clearly been differences in refereeing in this tournament in a couple of ways. Definitely a little bit more let it flow and not throw out too many cards for, for tackles we're, we're, we're used to being yellows um, so we'll see if it's carried on or is it just one month only and how's VRIOR worked at this World Cup Dan from out there um, oh God, it wouldn't. Uh, it's not something that's on my mind. I think well, I we can we can get through thing, a show. Yeah, yeah, we can get through a show without a big VAR debate. I think it's an achievement. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's obviously. I'm trying to think. There was one or two games. There was obviously the Morocco uh, incident with Bufal during the week. We would have thought there might have been a second look at that one where he got booked. There, there have been instances, but. It's a bit like VR now. It's part of the game. It's it's. Um, I haven't noticed any distinct real difference uh, in how it's been operated here. Um, I think the referee and talking point has been more the, yeah, the, the added on time and the sort of loose approach to uh, to to booking players. I mean, Messi really could have uh, a fussy referee at a different time could have. Uh, could have sent Messi off in the the Dutch game, you know, and he kicked the ball away at one stage and should have got a yellow card, and but didn't. So there's obviously been a few differences in this in this yeah. competition. Okay, neck in the block time, guys. Uh, the World Cup final preview tomorrow, three o'clock Irish time, kick off France against Argentina. Dan McDonald of the Irish Independent in Qatar. Who, why, and by how many? Oh God, I have to be consistent. I mean, I can see all the reasons for France to win, and I I analyze that, and I think France. And yet, I just feel like there's something powering Argentina here. The bit of momentum they've improved across the competition, and um, they can they can they can do it by the odd goal. Laro, who, why, and by how many? Uh, I'm going for Argentina one nil. Um, I just, I just, I just think on on the day, I just think they'll be putting a, a real, real performance. And as I say, I'm just a little bit worried about the French because they can be very skittish on a day. So one nil, Messi, happy days. Johnny Ward in studio here Argentina against France who, why and by how many well, last time I'll probably talk about the tournament off the ball neck on the block is, is a good analogy considering Saudi is hoping to host it in the future um, and that has been the thing that's hung over this World Cup but the brilliance of football um, hopefully will prevail tomorrow night 2-0 France GD um, oh. on the basis that they go 1-0 up and they manage the game and, and I think that anxiety might just befall Argentina belatedly uh, the weight of expectation um, but um, Hart says Argentina French uh, the, the uh, Le Coeur says uh, Le Bleu I think Argentina but not in normal time I think Argentina in either extra time or penalties as well. we can't all be wrong we can't all be wrong one of us will be right Dan thanks for all your contributions uh, from Qatar safe home and enjoy tomorrow Thank you, John. Lads, appreciate it. Laro, enjoy. Where are you, where are you watching the match tomorrow, Laro? Say again, John. I missed that. I'm broken up. You watching it at home? 
Oh, yeah, just I'll watch it at home. Misses his band from being in the lounge for two or three hours. Okay, well, be nice to her afterwards. Safe, uh, safe, I will. Safe, enjoy, Laro, enjoy, enjoy. Where are you watching it, uh, Gina? Uh, I don't know. I have to decide. Um, a good venue in Dublin which has Argentinian and French fans. So I have to work that out. Anybody who's got a suggestion, 53106, you can get in touch. Oh, does that place on Parnell The Wool Shed. That, yeah, that'll you know, be. Oh, that'll you know. be so I want, I want somewhere with atmosphere. And you? I'm watching it in London, actually. Um, but go, it, it so. could, for, but for the grace of God, I could be watching England in the World Cup final tomorrow in London. Um, but um, yeah, so TBC as well. Okay, thank you, Johnny, for coming in uh, as always for Football Saturday. Off the ball, there seems to be more sympathy for Argentina and support for Argentina, and a lot of that has to do with love for Messi's last dance. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts, and download the OTB Sports app.